When the Sabbath was over, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week, when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. They had been saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? When they looked up, they saw that the stone, which was very large, had already been rolled back. As they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe, sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. But he said to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth, who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, this is the place they laid him. But go, tell his disciples and Peter that he is going ahead of you to Galilee. There you will see him, just as he told you. So they went out and fled from the tomb, for terror and amazement had seized them. And they said nothing to anyone, for they were afraid. Hear the word of the Lord. Uh, So this morning uh, we're continuing to look at the hope uh, that we find in Jesus. Uh, If you're sitting out at the back and Katie runs out of eggs, I'm really sorry. Like, you should sit up the front next time. Like, honestly, like, there's rewards in heaven for those who sit at the front of church and lots of seats as well. Uh, but seriously, we're going to have an Easter egg at about, hunted about 20 past 11, uh, joining together a steeple church with that. So you, you may just have to let your appetite grow for those chocolate Easter eggs. It's, sorry, adults, it's just for kids. Uh, if you're too tall, you may not get in either. Sorry. <laughs> Uh, So on Friday, we reflected and remembered how hope is found at the cross, Uh, that hope for connection with God is found at the cross, that anything that would separate us from him is dealt with right there at the cross, that there's nothing that we have to do in order to prove us worthy of God. You might say, I'm not a good enough person, I'm not sure if I'm a good enough person to be called a Christian or a follower of God, but you don't have to be because that's dealt with at the cross. He's made you worthy by his death. It is finished. The ceaseless need to prove ourselves is dealt with at the cross. Uh, Here, Easter Sunday, we, we find hope at the empty tomb. We find that hope is available to us at the empty tomb. You heard uh, in this passage, uh, Mary Magdalene and Mary, the mother of James and and Salome, uh, coming to the tomb. What did they expect to find at the tomb? They were bringing spices. They were bringing things to anoint Jesus' body. What was that used for? It was to anoint the body to prevent the, the stench of decay being overwhelming. They weren't coming to the tomb expecting to find an empty tomb. And so when they got there, they were saying, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance to the tomb? They weren't expecting to find the tomb open. It was most likely a tomb that would have been able to house multiple bodies so that they could actually walk in. So it had an opening that was designed so that you could bring in another dead person and lay them in that tomb. They weren't expecting to find what they found. 
So when they looked up, they, they saw the stone, which was very large, verse 4, had already been rolled back. And as they entered the tomb, they saw a young man dressed in a white robe sitting on the right side, and they were alarmed. This was an angel. In other accounts of the gospel, we, we hear that it was uh, two angels there. They were captured by the one that spoke in white. Uh, anytime someone in the New Testament encountered an angel, they were deeply afraid. Because when you see angels in their glory, it is something that causes a fear in us because of the majesty of them. And so they were afraid as they saw the angel. And so the angel needs to say to them, do not be alarmed. You are looking for Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified. He has been raised. He is not here. Look, there is the place they laid him. Verse 7, but, but go tell go tell his disciples and peter that he is going ahead of you to galilee there you'll see him just as he told you so they went they fled they were terrified and amazed they were they were seized by it and they said nothing to anyone hope was found there now we look at it and we go well, hang on a second didn't you listen to jesus if you were here Good Friday, you would have heard a few of these passages read out. Mark 8.31, Jesus says, He began to teach them that the Son of Man must undergo great suffering and be rejected by the elders, the chief priests and the scribes, and be killed, and after three days rise again. Mark 9.9, As they were coming down the mountain, he ordered them to tell no one about what they had seen until after the Son of Man had risen from the dead. Mark 9.31, for when he was teaching his disciples, saying to them, the Son of Man is to be betrayed into human hands and they will kill him. And three days after being killed, he will rise again. Mark 10.32-34, to they were on the road going up to Jerusalem and Jesus was walking ahead of them and they were amazed. And those who followed were afraid. He took the twelve aside again and began to tell them what was to happen to him, saying, see, we're going up to Jerusalem, and the Son of Man will be handed over to the chief priests and the scribes, and they will condemn him to death. Then they will hand him over to the Gentiles. They will mock him and spit upon him and flog him and kill him. And after three days, he will rise again. Isn't it obvious? Mark 14, and Jesus said to them, You will all become deserters, for it is written, I will strike the shepherd, and the sheep will be scattered. But after I am raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. Now we look at it and go, well, wasn't, wasn't it obvious? <laughs> like, what, why didn't you get it? Don't you remember what Jesus said that three days later after his death, he would rise again? He even said, you might have seen at the end of verse 14, after I'm raised up, I will go before you to Galilee. He's even given them instruction as to when, when I die, this is where you are to go. Even though you are scattered, this is where you are to gather. So the angel in, instructs uh, Mary, <laughs> he is going ahead of you to Galilee so that you will see him just as he told you. Wasn't it obvious that Jesus, the Son of God, who lived the perfect life, who died on the cross, a death in our place, 
to deal with anything that would separate us from God? Wasn't it obvious that he was going to be raised if you were his disciple? I think we look at it and we, we read it through having things made clear to us. Easter is about remembering something that is really, at one level, simple, but grappling with a, with a truth that encapsulates all of eternity. And we can just say it as a flippant thing, Jesus is risen, he is risen indeed. But that's a profound truth. If someone has died and they're raised from the dead, that's not something that has ever happened, then that is a profound truth. If not just someone, but God took on flesh, laid up on a cross, died as an innocent one for us, the guilty, in order to reconcile us with God, that is a profound truth. That the cross wasn't the end and that he was raised from the dead, that is a profound truth. So I wonder if the disciples were to be able to look at us now. Would someone else say, we've missed it? As they looked at our life and our priority, our following of Jesus, would someone else say, we've missed it? Wasn't it obvious? You've got it written down there that he said he would die. Not just he said he would die, but... Hundreds and hundreds of years of scripture pointed to this Messiah figure that will come and will die and conquer death, defeat evil in order to reconcile people to God. And so you wonder whether people beyond us will look at us and go, wasn't it obvious? Wasn't it obvious that this was what God was doing when Jesus returns? Wasn't it obvious? This is what I've done for you, for them, for all. Would someone else say we've missed it? I wonder if as you gather here this morning, you've really wrestled with this truth of what it really means. If the Son of God died, if the Son of God was raised from the dead, if there was purpose behind that, what does it mean for you for life, for eternity. This is something we need to wrestle with. As we consider the, wasn't it obvious, let's read from Ezekiel uh, 34. Ezekiel is an Old Testament prophet. So this is written some 600 years before Jesus was even born. Jesus died on the cross, they say, maybe about age 33. 600 plus years before he was born, these words were written. For thus says the Lord God, I myself will search for my sheep. And I will seek them out. As shepherds seek out their flocks when they are among their scattered sheep, so I will seek out my sheep. I will rescue them from all the places to which they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. I will bring them out from the peoples and gather them from the countries, and I will bring them into their own land, and I will feed them on the mountains of Israel by the watercourses and in all the inhabited parts of the land." I will feed them with good pasture, and the mountain heights of Israel shall be their pasture. There they shall lie down in good grazing land, and they shall feed on rich pasture. On the mountains of Israel, I myself will be the shepherd of my sheep, 
And I will make them lie down, says the Lord God. I will seek the lost. I will bring back the strayed. I will bind up the injured. And I will strengthen the weak. See, the problem Ezekiel speaks into is a problem of scattered sheep. The, the people of God, the home of God, Israel, have been scattered, sent into exile because they've lived apart from God. The problem was scattered sheep. I don't know if you've ever seen sheep scattered, but they don't know what to do. They're, they're very much afraid. They try and find at least one other sheep and stick with that, but they don't know where to go. Uh, they, they eat what's around them, but they're fearful. Scattered sheep are a picture of us without a relationship with God. Uh, we lack purpose. We don't know where to go. Fear, anxiety, they dominate. Continually looking for someone or something to shepherd our hearts and souls. Continually looking for a shepherd. Who does Jesus say he is? He says, I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. I am the good shepherd. The evil one would only seek to kill and destroy. The, the path of destruction of the, is for the other followers of the other shepherds, but the follower of Jesus is offered hope. See, scattered sheep are made to be gathered. Jesus says that the one in 99 is still important, and so that means that each of us are important to him as sheep that he's wanting to gather to be a part of his flock because gathered sheep have confidence, gathered sheep have purpose, gathered sheep have life, gathered sheep have a leader. I'm here uh, leading this morning, but my job is to point you to Jesus as the good shepherd of the sheep. To point you to Jesus as the one that will feed you, nourish you, lead you to good pastures, lead you to purpose, lead you to life. And life in the full. Life in all its fullness can't be experienced unless you're gathered with Jesus. Now, as a Christian, it doesn't work to be a Christian and not be part of a, a gathering of Christians because we're still a scattered sheep. So that's why we, as Christians, gather to grow as his people, to be nourished as his people, to feed and to be all he's called us to be. But the lost sheep, I will seek the lost, I will bring them back, the strayed, I will bind up the injured, I will strengthen the weak, but the fat and the strong I will destroy. I will feed them with justice. This is a message of hope mixed with judgment in here. And uh, Easter is a message of hope mixed with judgment that when we live life apart from God, there is a judgment that can either fall on us or fall on Jesus. And as we heard on Friday, the purpose of God's judgment is in order to bring us to reconcile us, to restore us. But unless lost sheep are restored, they remain lost. And they, Ezekiel says, as a prophet, he says, well, you'll feed, you'll get fat. <laughs> but the fat and the strong, the ones that have chosen strength in themselves, well, I will feed them with the justice. And the hope of God's justice is that all will be restored. 
to lost sheep. There's hope for lost sheep that you'll be gathered, bound up, restored and healed. So what if it's true? What if this story that we tell at Easter about a man who died on the cross who was God, who three days later rose from the grave, what if it's true? What would it look like to live life fully confident in this truth that, that death, death was not the, the end, that there is life greater than the grave, that there's an invitation to you to be gathered, to be bound up, to be restored, to be rested, to be part of a family, uh, the family of God. So where's the hope? The, the hope is that if we come to the cross and say, God, I don't have it. I can't do it. But I believe that you died to make a way for me. And then we come to the empty grave and, and say, God, I believe that you defeated all that would stop me from living for you. That you defeated sin and evil. And you've called me into relationship with you. What, what if it's true? What if we lived that way then? I'm confident that you would see resurrection life at work in your life. You see, for those who know Jesus, we continually see this process of dying to sin, the cross, new life coming, the empty tomb, that where death was present, it is no more. Life is here. He is not here. He has risen. So where's the hope? The, the hope is that God would work life in each of us. So then how would I live it? Well, I, I would look for the places that are dead. I'd look for the places that are dead in me. The, the places where, where I'm struggling with, with emotions, with feelings, with grief, with loss with brokenness, and I begin to believe that resurrection could be worked there. But what if it's true not just for me, but for all people, then I would begin to believe that actually God wants to bring life to where I see death in other people, where I see brokenness and, and sadness and grief and loss and people living outside of their potential. I would believe God has purpose for them and hope for them. This is the message of Easter, that God has hope for the people of this world to live in relationship with him and so experience the abundant life that is offered to all. And as they experience it, there's a, there's a calling. Not only gather feed, gather and feed on this truth. Learn what it means to be sheep. Uh, in this world, uh, we're taught to be individuals, taught to celebrate individualism. But actually, Jesus is saying, learn to be a sheep. <laughs> learn to be a follower. Learn what it looks like to be part of the crowd, part of the people, be encouraged and built up as you gather and feed. And that's why we do this every Sunday, at least, 
as Christians because we recognise that there's things in life, what you watch, uh, who you listen to, uh, all trying to shepherd you. If you're, if you're a worker for a boss, he's trying to shepherd you in a certain direction in order to get the, or he or her the right outcome for the company. Everything's trying to shepherd you, so we gather with the true shepherd, Jesus, that we would feed with him. And then that's the same for, for Mary as it is for us. Go and tell. Now, what was her reaction? So they were, verse 8, uh, they went out and they fled from the tomb for terror and amazement had seized them and they said nothing to anyone for they were afraid. Now Mark ends in this really awkward spot. If, you're, if you've got your Bible open, you'll see the shorter ending of Mark and you'll see the longer ending of Mark. Uh, both are additions uh, most likely, uh, true additions, so there's nothing that they're adding that the rest of the Bible doesn't agree with or the other accounts doesn't agree with. But they're additions after the time that Mark's gospel was finished. Mark is short and sharp and it leads us to the truth of Jesus and it leaves us in this go and tell, go and tell this resurrection hope. The, sh the shorter ending tries to wrap up a few loose ends. The, the longer ending kind of talks more about what are you going to go and do. But I think we often find ourselves at the, the original ending of Mark's gospel. Uh, amazed, experiencing a little bit of terror, slightly afraid, and not telling anyone. I wonder if that's where you find yourself. Well, the command to us is go and tell. Eventually, what do we know of Mary? Mary went and told, and, and they, they didn't believe her because if you want to pick witnesses in that age, you didn't pick women because their testimony wasn't valid to, in the, the Jewish courts. But they went and told. And then Peter and the others came and found the empty tomb. And then Jesus met with them at Galilee and hundreds of others saw him as the risen one. And it started a movement of people going and telling such that the Christian faith has spread across the whole world. And a lot of people look at the, the Western world and go, oh, you know, Christianity's had its heyday, it's had its time. Uh, but actually, the, the truth of the matter is, uh, in Western culture, we uh, shaped it in such a way that people rejected the shape of what was given, which is religion, not following Jesus. But in, if you look in the, the Eastern world, if you look in China, if you look in Africa, the Christian faith is exploding as people are going and telling, as people are living resurrected lives. So the challenge for us as Easter is to really wrestle with this truth of the Son of God dying and being raised from the dead and what that means for us. And if it's real, if it's true, if this changes everything, then we need to go and tell because the world needs hope now more than ever.